in this episode of Man vs. Marriage, when sex is the problem and the solution, the game plan. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. Man versus Marriage. Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Man versus Marriage. It is I, the Q Dog in the Hizzle for Shizzle, my Brizzle, in the Moran Family Studio with my wife, Jeannie. Hi. What was that look? Um, just you and your million intros and ways of th- saying things. It's, it's all good. You like it? Or do you love it? Those are your only two options. I'm used to it. <laughs> we'll say that. What the bleep does that even mean? I know. It's a Moran thing. Anyway, welcome back to this episode of The Game Plan. When sex is a problem, is the problem and the solution. And I feel like in that uh, other episode, we could have probably gone for another 20 minutes to talk, but we're trying to live by our commitment to keep these things short and sweet. So... That's why I had to wrap it up. We're going to give you some great information in this on in the game plan is like, how did we come to these conclusions so that we can prepare for a playbook? Right? Good. Mm-hmm. Life is good. Okay. So where in the story with Jack and Jill, honey, we're looking at where it went wrong. And in my opinion, in our years of marriage and talking with, you know, guys and gals about, um, their relationship and where things tend to go wrong is frustration starts to build. There's a lot of things in life that are frustrating, but we start to harbor these feelings of frustration. We'll stuff them. We'll, we'll just press them down deep because things are going on in life and you have to keep moving. But those things that get frustrating, they can turn into a few different flowers. The flower, you know, one of the, the blossoms can be disappointment. Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the flowers can be... Um, anger one of the flowers can obviously i mean you can get a flower that's like a a hybrid of anger and disappointment and then those produce seeds that turn into resentment rejection rejection yeah and and you can feel when you get frustrated you can feel those things and bringing up rejection is is perfect because those are the things that you feel even if they didn't mean them that way Mm -hmm. you know and so you look at when frustration starts to build, 10 times out of 9, in my experience, your communication starts to suffer. So you have, you have an uptick in frustration, and you have a downtick, or whatever that word is, that goes with communication. And when one of those goes up and the other goes down, you start brewing a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. It's like the weather pattern when the uh, the pressure and the cold air and the hot air come together at the right time. Um, it creates a tornado. So there's a storm. It starts to brew. And then what happens is you get in your own head and you start to suffer from frustration in silence. Um, some people will lash out when they've had too much. Some people lash out at every little thing. Fine. 
But what I'm talking about is our experience, and that is stuffing frustration, and then frustration builds and builds and builds. And your capacity to handle, like Rita taught us, is like a cup. You just pour a little more frustration in each and every time. The more frustration you pour in there, the less capacity or the less room in your cup that you have. So a little pour on a cup that's full will cause it to spill over. Mm -hmm. And now something so small has caused you to go over the edge, if you will. And to, and to me, just looking at uh, Jack and Jill's situation, it reminds me of us over the past few months about how frustration has really been the basis of our um, breakdown in communication. Mm -hmm. And then it leads to, it touches these areas of your life because then when you're frustrated, and then you start to get mad, then all you can really see the other person through is that frustration. So no matter what they're doing, they can be doing something. And it wasn't even your fault. Right. You could be doing something as innocent as looking at a Facebook post, and that can spiral into a big fight. And you don't even know I'm over there fighting about it. Because, of course, that Facebook post has to be about you because that person couldn't possibly be talking about anybody else. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. So that's where um, that's where it kind of started to go wrong. And I think that's a, that's part of an, um, an opportunity for us when we're game planning to just notice that within ourselves. When these things start to happen, we are walking down the path of the tornado, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, anything else you want to add to that? Mm, no. Okay. Good. So uh, where would you say, I mean, we know where Jack and Jill kind of kind of got it wrong, but where have we got it wrong? Oh. You mean in not talking or? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I know there's episodes before this that kind of give it, but is there anything new you can think of where we see that we've gotten it wrong. Because I distinctly remember us being in work harder mode, preparing to go on a nine-day getaway, just you and I. Then work harder mode um, became our only mode with no rest, no relaxation, no getting out of the house, no going on dates because this uh, COVID deal closed the world down. And like a moron, I didn't recalibrate. I just kept going. Everything became business only. Business, business, business. And there is, when you're not emotionally invested in your sex life, it becomes, it may become a release, but there's no, it misses the connection. And then when you're not getting your time away so that you can just remember that you're married, and this is for our marriage specifically, we found that we need that time away but then you're cooped up in the house all the time and i think maybe um our lack of communication didn't allow us to consider um each other's levels of frustration or each other we we just didn't consider one another's empathy for what you were going through what i was going through because with me being a, a manager i'm i'm taking on um, the anxiety of the 14 other people's families. Yeah. And you are taking on 
the, the frustration of eight other kids, all, all the kids at home all the time, nowhere to go stuck here and no freedom at all. After and just trying to your convince freedom. autism, the, we don't have a routine right now. We're just right. going to try and make things work. And if you've ever dealt with autistic kids, they are very, very, very routine driven. So when you wake up on Monday and it's a school day and there's no bus coming and it's not a holiday and then Friday rolls around and it's another school day and now we've had five school days with no bus and no routine and autism is screaming at you because this is not what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, it, it's it's a lot. But um, I think... Where we went wrong was the same as Jack and Jill. We had all the frustrations. The communication kind of stopped because we internally thought, myself especially, oh, you've got all this stuff on your plate for work. I can see that you're frustrated. We got all this stuff going on with the kids, and I'm frustrated. We don't need to, we don't need to talk about this stuff right now. It's just going to make it worse. It's going to add to it. That's the worst thing that we could have done because – why am I going to fight something by myself when I signed a contract with you to be my partner to fight this with me? Yeah. So what the hell were we doing? <laughs> yeah, we had decided, like many people do, to suffer in silence. I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. I'll deal with it. You just do your thing. I'll do mine. And we're right. good. Sabotage by self-talk. And that is definitely something that we have agreed we would not do. Mm-hmm. And... That maybe it's based on an insecurity, maybe it's just based on old memories, old worries, familiar. something that's familiar, because you hear something, and instead of in the moment saying, this is what I just heard you say, is this what you meant? You just take it for, oh, now, I now okay, fine, I know what that means, so now I'm going to change what we're supposed Perfect to example. do. Perfect example, when you text your spouse... And you're thinking something funny. It's a joke. You send it across. She reads it and it comes across smart ass because she's in a frustrated mindset. You in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way around it. You are in trouble. And then next thing you know, you've got this back and forth going on over text and you have no idea what the hell you just did because it was meant to be a joke. It was just like it was a meme. Deal with it. It's a joke. Doesn't always go that way. What did I do? I'm only talking about you. Oh. I'm just saying it's happened. We've had conversations over text where you were being silly on your end and I just didn't get it that way. Oh, got it. Got and it, got it, got it, got it. It, it happens. That's a good example. It's, it's the same thing when you're not talking to each other. You're just kind of like, you're not communicating and then you might say something jokingly about, you know, well, in all your free time, if you think you get this done for me, and I'm over here thinking what, freaking free time dude i'm home with eight kids there is no free time you get what i'm saying it's not how you meant it you were just you were teasing but because it's a nerve and that nerve is already agitated Mm -hmm. you're going to catch the wrath for something that wasn't intended and that's why i always return to a process living a standard living on purpose for a purpose do things intentionally not things to hurt one another but things to make sure that you follow the process you've agreed to. And, and, and to me, it, it kind of sounds mechanical, like it's a lot of work. But relationships that are successful take a lot of work. They do. It, you, I think what's helped us so much over the years is figuring out what our languages were. Mm-hmm. 
Because even when we're not communicating well, you can tell when I need you to just come in and wrap your arms around me from behind and just hold on to me for a second and let me take a breather. You can tell when, um, you know, maybe today's a really good day to bring flowers home just because. You've learned those things based on how I'm behaving or what's happening around us. You've just kind of picked up on those things. Um, same for me. I know when you are beyond frustrated, it's like, okay, guys, we're going to do deep clean while dad's gone because I know when he gets home, if everything is clean and not cluttered, you're going to come in and feel 10 times more relaxed when you get here. It's just knowing those little things mm -hmm. that I think help with the communication, but it's also a non-talking way of showing I, I get it I you're going through something and I see it so I'm going to do what I can to kind of lessen that a little bit yeah I think that sets the preface for the soft place to land because when you you meet those needs on a regular basis but when you see something that's off and you make the effort to meet them a little bit more maybe go a little bit beyond what you normally would that sets a soft place for me to go okay Okay, he sees this is going on. He's being sweet. He's offering me a soft place. I can I can walk into this and drop my guard for a minute. We don't always do that right off the bat. You might come in pissed off from work, and the last person you want to offload on is me because you don't want to give me your wrath. I didn't do it, so you don't want to give it to me, and I get that, but I'm also the softest place and probably the, uh, for lack of a better word, best sounding board you've got because you can drop whatever you need to in whatever language you need to. I'm not going to take offense to it. I didn't do it. It's not me. Yeah. Now I might get pissed off at whatever upsets you, but it still gives you that place to come in and, and at least get it off your chest. If we don't have that, what do we have? True. And I, and this is something I think is important. I was talking to somebody about our relationship the other day and somebody I talked to, you know, about our relationship often just because, you know, we're, we spend time together. And they had said, you know, I hope I find somebody like that, or I hope I find a relationship like that. And I said, let me tell you the truth. You don't find these relationships. You build them. You create these relationships. Yep. And it spoke to me, I hope, as much as it spoke to that person, because what we have didn't just happen. This has been created. This has been forged. It's at the, sometimes it's at the end of a, a, a stick that's called mistakes. <laughs> and, and we've made plenty the of them. The first 10 years. Um, the journey. <laughs> that's a, <laughs> but what you, what it, what is important for you, bro, is that you create a place in your relationship with your wife where Y'all can talk and say what needs to be said with respect, but you can say it with an open heart without fear of that person coming down on you like a ton of bricks. It just happened the last time we sat down to record, and I was so frustrated with Jeannie that I wanted to rip my eyeballs out and pinch them until they explode. <laughs> um, she let me say what I needed to say. She let me say, get it off my chest because I was really irritated at the situation. And I did my best not to be a super D about it, but just to say, this is, this is how I feel. And 
15 years ago, we couldn't have done that. No, we would go for the jugular big time. But here's where this all comes in to help you because this is where sex becomes your solution. If you can create that space where you can have those conversations, now you're vulnerable enough, you're open enough that you can say, I really want to try this in the bedroom. I really want, this is something that intrigues me. This is something I want us to try. This is what I need from you when we're having sex. This is what's important to me. You know, one of the buzzwords for me and Quincy is service. I was taught certain acts in in sex were considered service. And the only reason that you do these for your spouse is because you are either bribing them for something to get what you want. You're using it as a means to make sure they don't go anywhere else to get any. Or it's like to calm you down or, you know what I'm saying? It, it was used with a purpose, but it wasn't the purpose that it should have been. I'm sorry, but if you're using oral sex as a weapon to get what you want and to get somebody to say yes for something, um, you're wrong because you should be using that a lot more often for a lot of other things and not, not a weapon. To me, it, it's if you don't have that place to talk, how do you know what you're doing right. Mm-hmm. How do you know maybe this is not comfortable for her? Maybe this is not comfortable for him. Maybe this scares the hell out of them. You don't know if you don't have those conversations, but if you don't have that that place where you feel comfortable to bare your soul and, and just let everything out and not feel like you're going to be judged or not feel like you're going to be laughed at or... You know, that in the beginning of our marriage, no joke. Those were our conversations. Quincy would would say something and I would turn it into a joke, not because I was trying to be an ass about it, but it was just like, that's really uncomfortable. And no, I'm not going there. And And, it's true. And just to just to kind of jump in there, the reason that we can have these conversations very openly about sex now and I mean, we're more free now than we've ever been but we still have barriers to break we do um the reason we can do that is because we created these rules of engagement rita taught us about rules of engagement when it comes to communicating and it's evolved over time we built trust with one another Mm -hmm. we've done the work we've put the time in Um, we've had the ugly conversations and it has allowed us to build that level of trust between us where there's nobody in the world that we trust more than each other. I can bring anything to you, and I know that you will hear it, that you will not judge me, think I'm less of a man, but you'll just hear me for what it is. You may not like it, but you're going to let me put it out there, and I don't have to fear (coughs) any kind of recourse because you're letting me air out my feelings. You're allowing me to be vulnerable, and that is that's where... This game plan episode takes you here, and this is where it brings us to. It's like you have it's it's about creating the rules of engagement for how to talk with one another, using the hard talk terminology, which is what Jack and Jill did ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, it's allowing the other person to have feelings and not tell them this is how you feel, but just allow them to have those feelings. And do all you can not to take it personal, even if it's directly about you. And then 
when you get your opportunity to talk after you've listened authentically, more of the man versus marriage lingo from the podcast, don't punish the other person. Because pun- it's the goal should never be to punish your wife for the way that she feels or to punish her with withholding yourself from her or not doing things to punish her because you're unhappy. Think of it this way. When you're not, when you're withholding yourself in communicating, when you're withholding yourself in your struggles, you're not sharing with your wife what's going on or you're not um, being open, completely open and vulnerable. It is the same concept, and I'm going to use sex as this because this is something that I was taught, and I thought it was the worst thing ever. That is like your wife saying, I'm not giving you any because I'm pissed. When you do this for me, then we can have sex. That's what you're doing when you're not having that quality communication. You are creating that barrier just as strongly as you feel that rejection when she says, no, you can't have my body tonight. It's the same thing on an emotional side when you don't have that quality communication, when you don't take the moment to say, okay, I got to let this all go and I, I need to connect here. Why? Because once you have that, that vulnerability open and you have that safe space, it travels to the bedroom and nothing is off limits. That's where you rekindle everything. That's where you make your connection. That's where you build your confidence. That's where she gets her confidence. That's where your sensuality and and your um, creative stuff comes from is because that's all very much at the core of who we are. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I totally agree. And like a freaking dope, I forgot to do the quote at the beginning, which is something I'm trying to do more, but it fits in well right here because my quote w- was going to say this. For us, sex plays a major role for us in our connection and our communication. Connection high, frustration is almost always low. And when I'm, you know, looking back at us, things changed a lot for us when it came to sex. In um, our marriage uh, workshop with Bill and Rita. Mm-hmm. And there was a point where um, Bill was talking about you know, the most vulnerable place for a man is that orgasm. That's like his most vulnerable, highest level of connection is there. And that sex is actually not dirty, and it's not, he, he's not a pig because he wants sex. That's where he connects. And to me, it, it was like, oh, that, that's, that's interesting. I think that's absolutely true for me. If it's no, not true for anybody, any other guy on the planet, it's true for me because I do not share that level of intimacy with anybody else, mm-hmm. anywhere. It's you and you alone, and that's the place where we connect. And there's a place of emotional connectivity that you and I share. Mm-hmm. And it's like the it's the yin, it's the yang. It's us feeding one another for what feeds us, mm-hmm. and we're we're pouring into one another constantly and there was a change there in my opinion in our intimacy and our lifestyle when it came to sex after that workshop because we learned that this is something where we can both go to connect that it's not a service it's not just a routine it's not thanks dogs it's not um 
just meant for having babies. It's not something that's taboo. It's not something that's dirty. It's not something that's off limits. It's a place where we we are becoming one. It's a place where we're connecting on a very deep level. And I don't know what you have to say about that, but that to me was one of the turning points in our relationship. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, there were a lot of things in that particular workshop that were completely debunked from what I was taught and what I thought. Um, but we had to come to a place where, um, you know, his, his saying is orgasm is most vulnerable place. It's also a place of power for me because no one else gets to give him that but me. No one else gets that connection. There go the dogs again. Sorry about that. So there, no one else has the ability to give that to you because you don't allow them the ability to give that to you. So for me, it's a place of not just, it's powerful because it helps my confidence knowing that I'm creating that for you, but it's also a place of, it's like sacred. Yeah. Because no one else gets that. Mm -hmm. Like anybody can have a, a in-depth talk with you, but nobody gets that connection from you ever right but me so it's like the one part of our relationship that that's why when that part's right i think everything else is okay because no one else gets that Mm -hmm. no one else gets to see the face no one else gets to see the the connection no one else gets to hear the words those are between you and me and you and me only and that that's that's the core i think of what keeps us connected i mean going back to san diego Everything that was going on before that, that was our turning point vacation. That was the, okay, I, he's staying with me and I'm not worried about him leaving. I, I would explain it, but we don't have enough time left on this episode. But there was a connectivity in that weekend that just changed everything for us. I'm going to go tell Hunter that we're recording. Okay, you do it. Um <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is so, it's so funny. The kids are coming home from uh, going out and feeding the homeless with a dear friend of ours, and the dogs are doing what dogs do, ruff, 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 ruff. The kids are doing what kids do. Kids are doing what kids do, and you know, it's it's part of life. I mean, we got a good life. Thanks, COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, COVID had nothing to do with this part. Yeah, but... uh, that's it. I, I think that's a great place to uh, to kind of peel this off because the solution, the problem and the solution is sex. Um, specifically in this story that we're talking about with Jack and Jill, the lack of was the problem. Having it and having that connection was the solution. And there is a lot of things in your relationship that... Um, that sex can help you with. But it takes both parties to be willing, to be open, and to uh, connect deeply. But remember, I want to leave you with this. The way that we built this was building trust in our rules of engagement and what the standard that we set for our relationship and the process that we go through that we're not perfect at, but we have created this. We have built this. And it's come over the last 10 years. And I want to make sure that we emphasize that. Create this. Okay, guys? 
Well, that's the dogs barking. That's kids falling up the stairs. That's Hunter knocking on the door. That was Anissa shouting that we've got to watch some YouTube videos. There goes the doorbell. And we carry on. There goes mom's last nerve turning into a trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all good. So, for this episode of Man vs. Marriage, she is Jeannie, the hotcake Moran. I am the Q-Dog. And this is Man vs. Marriage. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose for a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Merit, the podcast.